This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Good to see all of you this evening. I want to welcome those of you that are watching online tonight. We're going to have a great time in the Lord, so I hope we got a Bible there. You can get into the Word with us. How many of you are glad to be here tonight? Amen. How many of you thank God for air conditioning? Come on now. That's what I'm talking about. You know, when we first started the church, <laughs> that was a while back, um, we didn't have any air conditioning, and nobody seemed to mind. Well, maybe they did. They just never voiced their... Hang on a second here. Sorry. Oh, there. Uh, nobody seemed to voice uh, their disapproval, but I know that everybody was believing God for it. <laughs> and in the winter time, we were just in the one building that uh, houses our youth uh, sanctuary and the offices, the administrative offices. And um, I can recall all they had was these hanging furnaces. We had, I think there was four of them in the building. There might have been more than that. I don't know. But, and so a lot of times, you know, when these, well, they basically ran the whole time trying to keep heat in this place, you know. And um, a lot of times, you know, they couldn't even hear me preach because these stupid things were making all this noise. And I can remember, I don't, I, I, uh, I think I'm accurate in this number. But it cost us like, we went through like, I don't know, some ridiculous amount of propane every week. And it was just, it was crazy. But you know what? Hallelujah, you gotta start somewhere, amen? I was never so glad as to get that thing finally done. Let's we'll see, it would have been what, five years later? <laughs> uh, we finally got something that actually would hold heat, have air conditioning, and be pleasant. And so what you got going here right now, this is way above where we started, but that's okay. Amen? Can you say amen? All right, let's open our Bibles to Matthew chapter 9, ninth chapter of uh, Matthew, if you can find that opening in your Bibles. Tonight we're going to begin a series taking up the subject of walking or living in divine health. And uh, we're just going to discuss some different things because, you know, the reality is, is within Christendom, I mean, there's all kinds of uh, questions that swirl around and uh, people having this idea and this, you know, whether or not it's valid, whether there's the potential or possibility uh, for us to be able to do this. And uh, in other words, to be able to go through life without sickness and disease or infirmity. So some of the questions that maybe we'll try to address as we go through this material uh, in a number of weeks uh, going down the road here is, is divine health or healing really available for every child of God? Because a lot of people, you know, they'll say, well, you know, I know that God does heal, but I don't know that he heals everyone. And uh, so there's that kind of thing that goes on. And then if so, if healing does belong to all of us, how is it appropriated? How do we receive what it is that God has provided or made a reality in our life? And if healing belongs to us, why isn't everybody healed? It's a great question, huh? You know, why is, is a big question in everybody's mind. Why this? Why that? Why the other? And, um, you know, uh, the Bible tells us in Deuteronomy that the secret things belong unto the Lord our God. And to those that he reveals it to, it belongs to them and their children forever. 29.29, Deuteronomy 29.29. So, you know, thank God for what we do know. 
And thank God he's given us his word to reveal to us what is necessary for us to be able to live faithfully toward him and do the will of God. Can you say amen? So we just again have to get into the book, let the book get in us, and it'll help us, it'll bless us. And so we'll, we'll talk about this because, again, you know, all of us, if it hasn't been you, it's someone you know you know, that has had chronic illness in their lives and they've endeavored to believe God and somehow or another they've been at an impasse and they didn't get healed. Some of you obviously know people that were believing God and they, they died. They, they passed from this life to the next. Now that's not all bad. We don't like it. But for them, praise God, you know, they're blessed. They don't have to, you know, fight it anymore and different things of that nature. So how do we, how do we navigate through all this? How do we find some kind of a balance in our lives? I remember years ago when Joan and I first got started in ministry, had a, a couple in our church and, and they had, uh, uh, I think, two children at the time. And they were on their way to Kansas City and they ended up in a car accident and one of those children died as a result of the accident. And, uh, you know, for a young minister and pastor, uh, I didn't have any answers. And, uh, you know, trying to sort through all of that, because I know the Bible tells us that we've been redeemed from the curse. And, you know, as well as I do, to have your child taken from you is not, not from heaven. And it certainly isn't a blessing. And so how do you, how do you deal with all of those kinds of things and, and so on and so forth? And you say, yeah, how do you deal with that? Well, that's for another, another time. I think my point to um, making reference to that is, is that um, I don't know why. And so I have to leave it with my heavenly father. Amen. I'm not a loser. I'm a winner. And I believe, praise God, that God called me and put me in this pulpit so I could teach others to win in life and have success. He said you could have good success. And so even to this day, I don't understand that, but he does. And that's really all that's important. And I suppose that when we all get to heaven, it won't really matter anymore. Amen. But there's a reason why. And, and again, I, I don't know what that reason is. But thank God for what I do know and what you know and what we can know when it comes to these uh, most important subjects within our lives. And then also a question about <clears throat> what uh, can you say to the sufferer or someone, you know, with some illness that's in need of remedy? Well, you can give them God's word. That's a place to begin. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Amen. The woman with the issue of blood didn't know anything about Jesus. The Bible says when she heard of him, she came in the press behind for she said within herself, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. And we know that she made her effort to get there and so on and so forth. And she was healed by the power of God. God's mighty power has is tangible. She felt in her body that she that the condition had left her jesus felt in his body that virtue had gone from him he said who touched me so it was a different kind of touch it was the touch of faith and she received what it is that she needed and she was healed hallelujah so here's a beginning question for you uh y'all ready now i want you to think if you were if you thought you know it's cool in here i'm, I'm gonna take a nap no no, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to in, in, engage ourselves. Is there doctrinal soundness in the theology or teaching that God wants everyone to be healed? Again, let me ask you that question. Is there doctrinal soundness within this theology, which we, by the, uh, by the way, do embrace? Okay. 
Is there a, a, a legitimacy that God wants everyone to be healed or healthy and that healing is available to all who are infirmed? I believe that it is. Amen. Now, as people say, well, then how do you explain this or that or the other? Uh, I don't try to explain everything because I don't, again, it's above my pay grade. You know, I just, I just do what it is that he tells me to do, praise God, to the best of my ability, and I let it, let it rest there. Can you say amen? So anyway, uh, that's the question. Is there doctrinal soundness? And I believe that there is. For many Christians, the will of God seems to be somewhat of a mystery, really in a lot of areas. You know, you might ask someone about, well, what do you think about this or that or the other? And they'll go, I don't know. Well, it's because they haven't been informed. It's because they don't have knowledge. And so, you know, they're confused or maybe <laughs> not just in the area of divine health and healing, but in a lot of things. They're unsure of what God is in favor of or what it is that uh, he's in favor of what they desire. Now, I don't know about you. I've been sick and I've been well. How many of you like well better? Huh? And I believe that God does too. So uh, they're unsure about it and they're unclear about what God has said regarding his purposes for their lives. But we're going to get into the word of God. We're going to find out exactly what God said. Hallelujah. So that we can embrace that and, and let it be a part of how we live. So consequently, and really there are many really wonderful Christians I mean, they're good people. They're great people, you know, that go through life without having their needs met, and they end up suffering needlessly because of it. So I would like to suggest to you this, you know, the, the short answer to that is, is because of a lack of knowledge. You know, God said in Hosea 4, 6, that my people are destroyed for what they don't know. So it really becomes important for us to find out what the will of God is. And then not only that, but, but come to know how to appropriate it. How is it that we, we get it into our lives? It becomes a reality uh, for those of us that believe. So with any subject regarding the will of God, the child of God has to be fully persuaded. Everybody say that. Fully persuaded. Say it one more time. Fully persuaded. Now, the reason I say that is because a lot of times, you know, people say, well, you know, I know that that's what you're talking about, but you know, I heard this or my grandma told me that. Well, when you make those kinds of statements, you personally, you're not fully persuaded. You haven't decided for yourself what you believe. Or you may say, well, you know, I know that you're saying this, you know, that healing belongs to us, but I know this person and they were a great Christian and they love God and they died. Well, okay. So, so where are you at on this whole deal? What are you going to do? Huh? It's not about what happened to grandma or whoever. It's what you have determined to be the truth regarding God's word. And you have to find that place. There were many people who came to Jesus and they were seeking, you know, who he was, what he might do, those types of things. There are a lot of people in the multitude or in that crowd, they didn't get anything. The woman did with the issue of blood because she believed something. And praise God, her need got met. But a whole host of humanity, you know, like the pool of Bethesda, for example. Here it is. They had what they called porches or terraces where people were, that were infirm were laying on the, in these terraces or these porches waiting for the moving of the water because whoever got in first got healed. 
So Jesus is walking by. He sees this whole multitude of people that are there, but he only talks about, he only talks to one person. And he says, will you be made whole? And he says, I have no man. And you know, the rest of the story, he says, stand up on your feet. And he was healed. Hallelujah. So, so, so I don't pretend to understand, you know, all the workings of why it is that God does what he does. But I do know this, that clearly the Bible teaches us that healing belongs to us. And so we have every right, praise God, to believe the word of God. But we have to settle certain things within our hearts about, and, it, and it's no indictment against others who, you know, do suffer. I mean, if, if there was some way we could do something about that, then by all means we should. Same thing, you know, with medical science. People say, well, do you believe in medical science? I sure do. I believe, praise God, get healed any way you can. Are you listening to me? But sometimes we get beyond medical management, and then what do we do? So I'm just saying that, you know, God has a plan for us, and we just need to become fully persuaded. And... <clears throat> So with any subject, doesn't make any difference what the subject is, regarding the will of God, the child of God has to be fully persuaded. Now listen, from the word of God. Huh? What the word clearly teaches. Okay? If you're going to mix it up with religion, if you're going to mix it up with somebody's experience, if you're going to mix it up with a current or past circumstance, something of that nature, if you're going to mix it up with religious tradition, you know, and try to come up with some concoction that way, you know, a lot of times it's unfortunate, but people in the pulpit have really made a mess out of some of these subjects because they explain away they don't have the real answer. They don't really know. They're a lot of times trying to bring comfort to people, and so they just come up with something. Well, you know, that sounds good. Well, psychologically, maybe that helps somebody, but it may not be the truth. Does that make sense to you? You know, so, so it's important that we be careful about what it is that we tell people. Now, I talked about being fully persuaded. You remember Abraham, the Old Testament? God said, you know, if you'll get out from amongst your countrymen, your own people, I'll show you a land that flows with milk and honey. I'll make great and mighty nation out of you, and nations will come from you, and, you know, whoever you bless will be blessed, and whoever you curse will be cursed. I mean, I mean, he made a covenant with this guy, and he was 75 years old when he left his homeland, if you want to call it that. Well, he never received the manifestation of being the father of many nations until he was 99 years old. 24 years was God in relationship with this man before he could actually bring the promise to pass within his life. Now, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 4, and Paul was rehearsing this, he said that, <clears throat> that Abraham was not a man weak in faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, he didn't, he didn't do everything right to begin with. Kind of messed things up. We're still experiencing that, you know. But not, being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead, though he was about 100 years old. Considered not the deadness of Sarah's womb. I mean, you know, I mean, most, most, most gals are not getting pregnant at 100, okay? She must have been some fine-looking woman at 100. Have you ever thought about that? You know, because when they were roaming around, Abraham, Abraham said, you just tell him you're my sister, you know. And when the king of some, I don't remember where it was, sorry, said, you know, the men that were around the king said, hey, 
Here's something you need to have in your little harem or whatever. And so he took her to himself to become, you know, his wife. And God uh, said, you are not messing with my, my plan here. But, but my point to that is, is, I don't even know why I'm going here. Hallelujah. She was a good-looking woman. Huh? And not only that, but at 100 years of age, that woman gave birth to a child named Isaac. Okay? But he was not weak in faith, but strong in faith, giving glory to God. And then verse 21 says, and being fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. So the element of full persuasion becomes huge in all of this. And it's important for you to understand that. And I tell you what, praise God, you can become fully persuaded through the word. Can you say amen? I'd been diagnosed with what they call Graves' disease back in 2009. I went in, you know, for my annual checkup, and the guy, you know, he's looking me over, and he said, uh, you know, uh, how you this, how you that? I said, fine, fine, fine. And, and then they had an endocrinologist come in, you know, and they took a piece of uh, typing paper, and they asked me to put my hand out like that, and then they put this piece of paper in my hand. And part of the... Part of the uh, uh, side effects or symptoms would be that you're, you know, you shake. Well, I was holding this piece of, you know, paper. It wasn't moving at all. And they're, they're looking at each other, kind of scratching their heads because the blood work said something else. They say, well, maybe it's just a virus. You know, we'll check it out in about, you know, three, four months and we'll see what, what we, what comes of it. They do the blood work. It's the same. And so they, they, they basically gang up on me and uh, got me in this room and said, you've got this disease and you need to have your th thyroid ablated and then you're going to take a pill for the rest of your life. I said, no, I am not. And of course, they didn't like that. Well, I went through a process, but eventually I, 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 every time that I would make any step toward doing it, I would be smitten in my heart. Okay? Now, I'm not saying that that's what you should do. I'm just talking about where I was. The Lord was saying, believe me, trust me. And, and so I just called them and, well, actually I called the people and said, uh, I'll get back with you. And, and so a year later, um, I went to see my doctor again. He's going down through my stuff, you know, on the computer. Goes, and he stops, you know, I thought, oh, boy, here it comes. And he's ticked. He said, you didn't get this done. I said, nope. And, uh, uh, well, I said, no, I didn't. And uh, I didn't say no. But anyway, uh, uh, and uh, he, he was not happy. And I said, Doc, listen. I said, I can appreciate what it is that you've said and this and that and the other and what you feel is uh, though needs to be done. But I said, um, I, I just, in my heart, did not believe that that was the right thing for me to do. And so I didn't. Now, what, what he didn't know is between the time when they went through all of this and the time that I actually had this appointment with him, I got in the book and I let the book get in me. And I was listening to a series of tapes. There were a two-tape series on Our Inheritance by Kenneth E. Hagin. And he talks about how to receive from God and that healing belongs to us and different things of that nature. And I actually, I, I got healed listening to those tapes. I stopped, made my de declaration because faith came to me, came to my heart. 
And I said, I want to declare before God, the devil and anybody else that's listening, that by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. Because I knew it in my heart. And that's where faith comes from. For with the heart, man, not your head, your heart. And the way that that happens is through a revelation of the Word of God. Are you listening to me? So anyway, back to the conversation I'm having with the doctor, and he's not happy with me. Uh, he said, well, I suppose we better, might as well go, you know, request the blood work, but, you know, I know what it's going to be. And I said, sure enough, go for it, man, you know, take all the vials you want, you know. And so, sure enough, about three days later, he called me. And uh, because that's, you know, the procedure, and they talk about this and that, your cholesterol and your whatever and your, you know, so on and so forth. And he says, and, and oh, by the way, he said, uh, <clears throat> he said, uh, uh, your numbers on your thyroid are, are normal, you know, and I'm shouting hallelujah on the other end of the phone, but I'm not letting him hear me, you know, and so I said, well, that's good news, doc. I said, by the way, can you send me a copy of that? Because I'd just like to know, praise God, that I have a witness and proof that by the stripes of Jesus, my Savior healed me. Amen. So he sent it to me, and, and now here's the thing, you know, he says, well, it'll be back, you know, it'll, you'll, you'll sometime at your, well, I don't know, it's been quite a long time ago, and I can tell you this much right now, it is never coming back in the name of Jesus. Are you listening to me? So healing can be yours, but again, you have to become or come to the place of being fully persuaded that what he promised he will perform. Amen. And it might not happen overnight. It may not be next week. But I'll tell you what, sooner or later, if you believe God, his power will come and visit you and bring health and healing to your body. Amen. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. So we need to know from the word of God what it clearly teaches. Like, for example, salvation. You know, I mentioned to you a lot of people they were unsure about a lot of things when it comes to the Bible and the will of God. A lot of folks don't even know they need to be saved. Huh? The Bible says God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. A lot of folk don't know that. So they go without experiencing God's plan or God's will in their life until someone comes along and preaches the gospel to them and they get healed. Does that make sense to you? So again, in a lot of areas, people are, are, are not clear about what it is that the Bible teaches or what it is that God has promised. So I'm just saying that when we talk about the subject, you have to decide that you're going to let the word of God become the final and only authority. Okay, if you're going to confuse it with what somebody else said or, you know, this was my experience or how, you know, sister so-and-so, I mean, all, it, that's not going to make it. You just got to come right back down to this thing about the simple fact that God's word is the final authority on any subject regarding the will of God. Again, not experiences or people's experience, circumstances, man's ideas or religious tradition. Now, here's a, I don't know if this will help you or not, but it helped me. You know, there were a lot of things when Joan and I first got saved, got turned on to the Word of God. You know, we had a lot of unlearning to do. You know, we were basically religiously taught instead of New Testament, or I, sh uh, <laughs> uh, 
religiously influenced instead of New Testament taught. Are you with me? So there's stuff we had to work through. And, and in do it, that process, you know, we'd, we'd find something in the Bible, you know, that belonged to us, and we'd get all excited about it, and some well-meaning person would come along and say, well, that's not really what that means. I mean, you know, you know, huh? That doesn't, it doesn't work that way. And so now I'm back in no man's land. You know, so you, you, you have to work through these things until you get settled in your own heart about what the Bible teaches. Does that make sense to you? Because otherwise, you know, again, you know, some, something will come along and it'll, you know, where you were standing up a moment ago and now you're standing on your head trying to figure out what it is that, uh, you know, what happens today. So it's important for us. Uh, here's another great example, marriage. You know, right now, we got people within culture that's trying to redefine what marriage is. Well, as far as I know, God has defined what marriage is between a man and a woman. Amen? Okay? But the, there are a lot of folk out there, that's not what they believe. And they believe all kind of things. Some of which, you know, is anything but godly and anything but righteous and anything but good. But yet they believe that. And so they, you know, live their lives in such a way as is displeasing to him and it causes all kinds of problems, huh? So, faith begins where the will of God is known, and therefore we must, listen, take God at his word, okay, in order to receive anything from him. Now, um, I don't know if I explained that or got that all explained, but again, you know, when we were first getting started, you know, we'd come up against these things, and some stuff I just have to leave alone, you know, in other words, God, I, 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 I don't know what's going on here. I see what it is that you've said in your word, but I'm just asking you to show me. Take me down this road that I need to go down so that I can know the truth because the truth will make me free. Are you with me? So I say that to simply say that, you know, a lot of times, because, I mean, there can be a real war going on in your mind, when we start talking about these these kinds of subjects, you know, and all of the 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 the, the reasoning, I guess, human reasoning, I mean, it will make an assault upon you like you cannot believe, especially when you're in the midst of something. Do you know what I'm talking about? So, you know, there there is a battle, you know, that's that that is taking place and occurring, but just hold steady. And continue to wash yourself with the water of the word of God and let God bring revelation to your heart. Are you listening to me? If we'll do that, I guarantee it doesn't have to be an arduous thing. You do have to be diligent. You do have to, you know, stand the ground that you have and fight the good fight of faith and all of that. But I tell you what, praise God, his all-powerful word will take care of whatever it is that you have need of in your life. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Hallelujah. So it becomes important for us to understand that. So you've got to take him at his word in order to receive it. So it's from the word of God that we discover the will of God. Okay? It's from the word of God that we discover the will of God. Now, you might be sitting there and thinking to yourself, you know, this is pretty simple stuff. I mean, Pastor, ain't you got nothing out? Nope. I don't. Because even though it seems so simple, it's amazing how people have trouble with it. 
Okay? And so it's important for us to understand that it's the Word of God from it that you and I discover the will of God for our lives. And so when you see it in the Word and you know it's the will of God, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you, and you find that out, then God wants you to embrace that. He wants you to take that. He wants it to become part of you. For example, you know, the Bible says, put away lying. You know, if, you, if you've put on the new man, you've been born again, there's a certain lifestyle and a way in which we're to live. And you, you read the Bible, it says, put away lying. Let every man speak honestly, and, you know, before everyone. Well, you know, a lot of times Christians, they don't always aren't real good about that. They don't always tell the truth. Because if they tell a little white lie, maybe it could be a little bit more advantageous for them. How many of you know what I'm talking Okay, And so if you're going to be a follower of him, then you've got to take the whole word of God and you've got to say, God, not my will, but your will be done. And I want to know what your will is and I want to do it. Huh? When I got saved, the Lord dealt with me. He says, you know, you can't smoke dope no more. Huh? You can't drink like a fish anymore. You can't party like the world anymore. And I had a decision to make. Now, you can do that. But if you're going to obey God and you're going to enjoy the blessing of God, then you're going to have to put away the things of this world. Thanks for your enthusiasm. But I tell you what, I want God's best. My wife and I, we made a decision that we're going to have heaven's best here, that the will of God may be done on earth in our lives as it is in heaven. So I'm going to put it away. Was that easy? Not always. You know, I lost all of my friends. When I, when I decided to become a follower of Jesus, they said, well, Calstrip got religion. No, I didn't get religion. I got a relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and I said, I'm going to follow you. And it wasn't necessarily popular. People will mock you. People will scoff at you. People will say all manner of, you know, evil and different things against you. You know, they won't have anything to do with you anymore. But I'm telling you what, praise God, though none go with me, still I will follow. You say, I don't know if I can make that decision. Sure you can. And I tell you, if you've got a brain in your head, that's the one you make. Huh? And I'll tell you another thing about it. Even though I lost every one of my friends, I have more friends now in Christ Jesus than you could ever imagine. And the quality of the relationships are literally out of this world. But the devil is a liar. And he will do everything he can to try to keep you in his box and provide you with nothing but killing, stealing, and destroying. And I've kind of got to preaching now. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? No, we're not choosing that route. We're choosing his way. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Are you with me? So it's important that we understand that. So... Now let's look at some Bible scriptures. <laughs> I never did read my text, did I? Okay, well, let's do that so at least we'll be somehow in line with whatever. That's just the way it goes with me. I'm sorry. Okay, look at this verse of scripture. Okay, uh, Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. Okay, notice what it says. <laughs> and Jesus, everybody say Jesus. Yeah, Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness 
and every disease among the people. Let's read that again. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and disease among the people. Hallelujah. So every sickness, every disease, every infirmity was subject to Jesus. Can you say amen? And that was his ministry, preaching, teaching, and he, or he, teaching, preaching, and healing. That's what he did. Now, the reason I bring this up to you is there's another verse of Scripture here in John chapter 14, verse 9. This had to do with Philip, and they were questioning, you know, Jesus' decision, telling them that he was going to depart. And, you know, Philip said, well, if you would just show us the Father, we'd be satisfied. How many of you know everybody wants to see something? Yeah, want some kind of a physical manifestation, you know. Show us the Father and it'll suffice us. Now, listen to his response in the ninth verse. Do we have that up on the screen, Julia? Yeah, look at it. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me, Philip? Now listen to this. He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? In the book of Hebrews, chapter 1 and verse 2, it says that Jesus was the exact representation of God, who being, the bright, who being the brightness of his glory and the expressed image of his person, when he had by himself purged us, cleansed us from all of our sin, the Bible says he sat down at the right hand of the Father. So in other words, everything that Jesus did, he did himself, but he did it for you. We didn't have anything to do with it. We didn't deserve it. There was no effort on our part or anything that we did to contribute to it. He did it all on his own, and he did it for you, and he did it for me. Why? Because he's trying to get us out from underneath the curse of the law and the curse of sin. So in this scripture, Jesus said, he that has seen me has seen the Father. We could say it this way. Jesus was the will of God in action. Whatever we see him doing in the New Testament. Now, there's another place in John chapter 5 and verse 36. Jesus said of himself, he said, I got a greater witness than that of John. You know, John the Baptist was a forerunner, you know, of Jesus and, you know, he's the one that testified that Jesus was the Christ, okay? He said, I have a greater witness than that of John for the works. Now, listen, the works which the Father has given me to finish, the same works that I do bear witness of me. Now, listen, that the Father has sent me. And the Father himself, which has sent me, has bore witness of me. So what did Jesus, what was he saying? He said, I've been sent of the Father, the Father God. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So when we read the Gospels and we see what it is that Jesus did, we're recognizing that Jesus went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. He went to all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and disease among the people. So he was doing it, baby. Can you say amen? And if he was doing it then, thank God he wants to do it now. Can you say amen? He said, for I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. 
So what you and I could do if we were in need of healing is we could begin to read the Gospels and we could just watch Jesus, see what he did. When he went to Peter's house and he seen that Peter's uh, mother-in-law was sick of a fever, he went in there and the Bible says he rebuked the fever. What was he doing? He was observing the circumstance and recognizing this is not the will of God for this woman to be sick. He rebuked the fever and grabbed her by her hand and she came up and she was healed and she began to serve, the, serve them. Hallelujah. So whatever it is that it attached itself to her body, thank God Jesus came in there and said, no, you don't. And he was, and she was healed. Are you with me? So now it's important again for us to realize in these scriptures when we read them as we, as we have to understand what it is that, that God has said. I'll, I'll refer again to Acts chapter 10 and 38. How God anointed or equipped or clothed or endowed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power and he went about doing, what did he do? Good, and healing all that were oppressed of who? The devil. Why? Because God was with him. Just know that God and the devil are not in coots with one another. You'll hear this sometimes. Well, you know, they're sick because God's trying to teach them something. That is the stupidest theology I've ever heard in my life. And yet people believe it. They're, you know, he's trying to teach them something. The last time I checked... He gave us his word to teach us. Huh? Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Huh? He sent his word and healed them and delivered them. You know, and yet there's a lot of folk, on, again, they're, they're good people. I'm not saying they're bad people or anything, but, but they are misinformed, misguided. And so they live under this hellish, demonic kind of thinking that couldn't be any further from the truth. Are you with me? How many are glad you still came? Okay. You know, and again, these things might not be things that, you've, uh, that you haven't already heard, but never, never hurts to hear them again. So if, G if Jesus brought healing to the masses, which he did, okay, if he brought healing to the masses, then healing must be available for whosoever will. Huh? Hallelujah. Throughout history, or throughout the history of mankind after the fall, I mean, God has just bent over backwards and endeavored to get his grace, his blessing, his goodness into the lives of humanity and mankind. You know, we talked about Abraham. You know, he approached him. He said, hey, I want to make a covenant with you. And through that covenant that I make with you, all nations of the earth will be blessed. And then as we go down the road of life, you know, uh, God raised up Moses to be a deliverer of the nation of Israel because they were, you know, Abraham's seed. They were God's people. And again, he's trying to get the blessing of God. He said, I want to take you out of your slavery. I want to get you out from underneath the thumb of the Egyptians. And I want to take you into a land that flows with milk and honey and where there's plenty and that you'll inherit houses you didn't build and vineyards you didn't plant and all of these things so that you can be blessed. God wants you to be blessed. Hallelujah. Spirit, soul, and body. He wants you to be blessed. 
So, you know, again, people will say, well, if that's the case, then how come? Now, don't go there. Let's just concentrate on what he said and not what you want to think. Okay? Because when you do, sure enough, the devil talks you out of it. Hallelujah. I'll go back to that story I told you about my getting healed. When the revelation of God's word came, I knew that I needed to, to stop and I needed to make my profession of faith because faith is released by word and by action. And I needed to make a declaration before God and everyone else that by his stripes I was healed. And, and I can remember in that moment, you cannot believe the number of things that flooded my thought life to get me off of doing it. But I stopped right then and there and said, no, you don't. Huh? Because the devil will come and he'll tell you, you don't really believe that this whole healing thing is really, you know, of God or that you can be healed, do you? He did that when we were, when Deanna was our secretary and, and working here at the church and accountant, you know, we, we needed money to finish the building. This was back in 1985. And um, when, the, when the Lord spoke to me in a time of prayer, and he told me that he was going to give us $40,000 in 90 days. Now, that doesn't sound like a lot of money right now, but I'm telling you back then, dude, that was a pile. And so... I just, I made the declaration to her. I got up and told the church the next Sunday morning. This would have been on a Thursday. And then Sunday I told the church, God's going to give us $40,000 in the next 90 days. Hallelujah. Why? Because I'd heard from heaven. But here's the thing you got to understand. Two days later on a Tuesday, I'm minding my own business. And I hear this, these, these words. And he says, and it was just this sinister you don't really believe that God is going to give you $40,000 in the next 90 days, do you? It almost sounds just like in the book of Genesis when he said, has God really said, you know, that's how hell will try to beat you out of the blessing of God in your life if you allow him. And for one moment, I entertained it. And I thought to myself, my God, I don't think he can do that. But I caught myself. And I realized that, that this voice was not from heaven. It was from hell. And I stopped and I said, I realized it. And then I said, no, devil, I don't believe that God is going to give us $40,000 in 90 days. I know he's going to give us $40,000 in 90 days. And in a 90-day period, $51,000 came through this church. You know, we had to pay the rest of the bills, you know, pay the preacher and all that, whatever. So God did it in grand style. And we finished the building and, you know, away we went. Hallelujah. So how many of you know all things are possible to him that believes? Guess what? We're already out of time. Hallelujah. So, um, let me close with this thought. I mentioned to you that throughout history, you know, even today, God is doing everything he can to get his blessing into the lives of people if they'll just believe him. Are you with me? He loves us. He created us. He's our father, and he wants the best for us. But in the Old Testament, he made this statement. He said to them, he said, if you'll diligently, now this is old covenant now, but he said, if you'll diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God, 
And if you will do that which is right in his sight, now listen, and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes. In other words, he's just saying, if you'll listen and you'll do it. If you'll listen and you'll do it. If you'll listen and you do it. To, to keep means to do, right? Okay, hearken diligently to his voice, to his commandments, to his word, you know, and that you will keep or do. He went on then to say, I will allow, or it says put, uh, it's, it's actually uh, written in the uh, causative sense rather than permissive, but it says, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that heals you. Hallelujah. So when we're walking in obedience, and this is a whole nother subject that we'll talk about, you know, in, in the weeks to come, a lot of times people will assume that if something like a sickness or disease comes, they must have done something wrong. They must be in sin, you know. I don't know what I've done wrong. Well, I got a whole thing for that, and it's going to bless you because uh, you'll realize, praise God, because that's the thing, you know, again, the devil will use that. He'll go, well, you must have done something wrong. What's he doing when he says that? He's taking you out of the realm of faith and he's putting you into the realm of reason. You don't know what you did wrong, but it must be something. Huh? That is about as hideous as it comes. But yet people will be in this, you know, place of uncertainty because of what they don't know. So he said, I am the Lord that healeth thee. And then another verse that says, and you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and water. And he said, I will take away from the, I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. There shall nothing cast its youth or be barren in the land. The number of your days I will fulfill. You know, in this whole COVID thing, man, I'm telling you what, Psalm 91 was my uh, security blanket. And I wrap myself up in it every day because he said, with long life will I satisfy you and show you my salvation. Huh? He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my strength. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, did COVID come to my house? Yes, it did in January. And for nine days, I thought dying would be better than what was going on. But you know what? We believed God. Are you listening to me? Because I know that hell and sickness and disease are not from heaven. So I stand against it. I resist it in the name of Jesus. Amen. I never did take it to myself. I had all kinds of symptoms, but it wasn't mine. Why? Because he redeemed me. Are you listening to me? So you posture yourself in a place where the will of God is known and you stand your ground. Are you with me? And so, you know, I mean, many of you probably experienced the same thing. Some of you, maybe it was a kind of a shallow deal and didn't amount to anything. Good for you. I'm glad for you. Hallelujah. Others, you know, uh, it was life-threatening. And uh, it was vicious. Why? Because it's from hell. Are you with me? But we still stand. Hallelujah. He said the number of our days he would fulfill. Now, <clears throat> to close, four minutes later, under the new covenant, that was the old covenant, but under the new covenant, he's, the Bible says, but now has Jesus obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he is the mediator 
of a better covenant which was established upon better promises. So when you read these scriptures, from this we reason that if God the Father was their healer under the old covenant, then a better covenant with better promises would equally provide divine health for the child of God today. So here's what I'd like to give you as an assignment. If you're in need of healing in your body, then what I'd like to suggest that you do is begin to read the scriptures. We're not going to do anything. We're just going to start reading scriptures that deal with the subject of healing and the will of God regarding healing. So get your scriptures out, you know, and run your references and do a little study. You say, do I have to study? Yeah, you do. Don't, you know, well, Wednesday night he's going to talk about something. Maybe that'll be good. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let the word get in on the inside of you. A lot of folks, you know, they're so, well, you know, I'll see what he's got to say on Sunday and maybe I'll get it. You won't. I said you won't. You might, but it'll just be because of the grace of God. Are you listening to me? Let's, let's get it down on the inside of us so that it becomes a mighty fortress within us. And when, it come, when sickness or disease comes, we say, no, you don't in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. How many of you waited three days before you started to fight something? What's wrong with us? We all do that. It's like, what am I doing here? I'm putting up with this. I mean, the moment something comes along, I've, I finally, I've gotten smart, man. If I feel the, the least bit of whatever coming on me, man, I mean, some kind of sore throat, scratchy, whatever, whatever, man, right there, no matter where, I stop and I say, no, in Jesus' name. I start at the beginning now instead of three days later. I don't want the devil getting a head start. Are you with me? So anyway, the assignment is simply this, that if you're in need of healing for your body, let's just get into the book, let the book get in us, run your references. If nothing else, just read the New Testament and read stories where Jesus healed people. Okay? You know? You know, take some notes and whatever it is that the Lord speaks to you, maybe write it down in your journal, you know, and start feeding on these things and let God begin to speak to your heart and he'll bring it to pass. Amen? So next Wednesday night, we'll do the same thing here again. We'll get after it, and it'll be good. You want to stand with me, please? Hallelujah. <clears throat> I'm sure that everybody's having a big time at the Waternator and getting chipped ice out of that little, uh, whatever that thing is, trailer. And uh, it's great. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we love you so much. And I'm so grateful, Father, for each and every person here tonight. I thank you for your living word. I thank you, Father, for those watching online. And God, we love you. We want to serve you, and we want to do the will of God. We want to represent the kingdom as you would have us to. So we're just simply here this evening, Father God, to learn that the teaching of your word, Father, will bring illumination, will bring revelation, will help us to understand more perfectly your plan and purpose for us. And so I thank you for the privilege we have to stand in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth for your mighty power, hallelujah, that was released when Jesus was raised from the dead. So Father, we just rejoice in your goodness, your mercy, and your grace. We thank you for the promise of divine health. And Father, we receive every promise that you have made in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen.